do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Cubicalist. This show is like a, a, a free-flowing conversation, um, monologue rather, of all the media I have consumed in the past week or so. I do this thing because uh, no one wants to uh, IRL or in real life, if you prefer, hear me talk about uh, all of these things just for a half hour, because that would be boring for them. <laughs> so why are you going to listen to this? I don't know. You're insane. You are a crazy person, a madman, or a mad woman, and I hope you are one of those. You may not have consumed some of these things yourself, so the possibility that I could spoil things for you does technically exist and I warn of that in a sort of spoiler warning one might call it. Hmm? Uh, I think that's about all to say at the top of the show. Uh, I am going to, as I always do, try to stick to the series of five five-minute timers. Whether that happens or not is always up for debate. But let's not debate. Ladies and gentlemen, some things. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue is rather a double television talk. Yes, we're going to have uh, two TV talks this episode uh, because uh, if you listened to last episode where I watched... 24 movies of <laughs> some ridiculous number it was 20 something was it 21 i don't know what it was but it was a lot uh i i sort of really got caught up on my movie watching so i don't have any um i i should next one you know what we haven't had just like a sort of normal uh episode in quite a while <laughs> but uh you know since uh this is just a fun dumb let's go ahead and underline that word thing uh i i kind of just let flow what may you see? So, television uh, talk item the first, Prison Break. Ah, this show. Uh, when did it air originally? Uh, oh, man, there's so much. Uh, 2005 to 2009. Oh, it was Revival. Wait, it's on again? 2017 to present? Oh, my God, I didn't even realize. Uh, perhaps I did not realize that season five... Uh, was in 2017, uh, because I did, I will admit, stop watching it. Uh, this was a good-ish uh, show for me to uh, sort of have on while I was playing video games. 
uh, specifically, probably this uh, the the watching of this existed while I was playing uh, Fallout uh, seventy six. Um, the issue being, and the reason why I stopped, is because, as you can imagine, a show involving, uh, as the uh, title indicates, breaking out of prison, uh, once they were broken <laughs> out of said prison, uh, things got a little not as good. Yeah, uh, first season I, I enjoyed, uh, I, I could see what they were doing. Um, a series of things had to be completed in order for them to break out of prison. Uh, the series constantly interrupted with sort of things thrown in their way. Uh, made it a little, you know, it's, it's, this is a very, very dumb comparison, or a genius one, I don't really know. Uh, reminds me of all the ones where, um, from the television show Frasier, whenever they would have a party of any kind and just sort of shit just keeps popping up to get in the way of that party. Uh, it, it reminded me of that, except uh, they take themselves on prison break 100% uh, seriously 100% of the time, which you know is always one of my big gripes when any show does that. Uh, you need just dollops here and there of comedy because life is not 100% serious 100% of the time, so that will uh, take me out of it pretty quickly. Uh, so let me go ahead and do some ratings. Season 1, I'd go like a solid 4. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, you, you kind of, you're, you're on the edge of your seat, as you were. Uh, and, and it's good stuff. And, and once they're out of prison, there's like government stuff, and uh, it's a whole big mess. Uh, what I think happened as well, and this is a, a sort of a bad sign, uh, you ever like turn your TV off, but then, like, your Netflix must have kept playing. I think that happened a couple of times where, like, I would hop back on to start watching it again. And, like, there's a whole bunch of different characters and it, it feels like we jumped ahead a bunch. Um, and maybe that is some of the reason why I didn't enjoy it as much. Because, like, there was periods where I was like, who the fuck are all these people? What the fuck is going on? Uh, so, uh, season one, four, the rest of them downhill from there, and I gave up, I think, somewhere in season three or four. Okay, so, next, a very good show, mm, moving on, The Fix, from 2018, this is available on Netflix, Canadian, I do believe, elsewhere as well, uh, starring host, <laughs> excuse me, Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr, who I have spoke incredibly highly of on this very podcast innumerable times, is a a uh, British uh, comedian of note, uh, hosts a lot of things, uh, including, oh, I think it was even uh, the last episode he may have come up in the uh, post-credit conversation cleanup. Uh, he hosts the Big Fat Quiz of the Year. Uh, just a super, super funny dude, and uh, this is a show where he will have on four comedians, and they will, you guessed it, try to fix things. Fix things like... Uh, social network addiction, immigration, artificial intelligence, gentrification, population aging, wage gap, global warming, gun control, opioid, the opioid crisis, and the wealth gap. Yes. Uh, okay, so uh, he will have on uh, 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 D.L. Hughley and Catherine Ryan. Uh, they're there every episode, and then... Uh, uh, each of them will have someone on their quote-unquote team because it's broken up into two teams to fix these issues. 
uh, and then uh, they'll just have a it's kind of podcasty and then in that it's just you know funny people sitting around talking about issues um, but then they're also uh, at the end of the show they're trying to solve it and then the quote the sort of quote unquote game comes in the fact that uh, the audience votes on which of the team's solutions is better the solutions uh, although hilarious uh quite often uh hilarious to the degree that there's no way they would work but then every once in a while you'll get uh, a solution that's so crazy it just might work mm. uh yes yeah, so the fix on netflix jimmy carr love it five out of five easy for me to do that Today's television talk is sponsor is Tater Salad. Uh, I just realized I forgot to do the previous sponsor that was IKEA Tattoos. Thank you, both of those sponsors. You lovely, lovely television-related segment on a podcast sponsors. I love you. Okay, uh, in television talk, I have two shows. Hey, how about that? Uh, the first is Who is America? Ah, this friggin' weirdness. Weirdness. Uh, of course, starring Sasha Baron Cohen. Baron Cohen? Baron Cohen? Sasha Baron Cohen? Why did, it, why did that sound weird? Uh, yeah, so this is his newest uh, uh, foray into trying to get uh, people to do weird things and succeeding seemingly all the time. Uh, yeah, so uh, this one definitely much more political-based, obviously. Uh, this will boggle your mind if you watch the show, how uh, he gets people into these situations and they don't immediately balk and say, what the f- what the hell? And then just, like, get up and leave. Uh, the amount of uh, political uh, personalities in this who I do believe uh, lost their jobs because of this show is, I, I think, quite high. Uh, and the, you don't feel bad uh, for them because, A, they seem like insane people uh, that should not be in positions of power uh, whatsoever. Uh, and, and be quite often, although he does, to be to be fair, uh, I guess that makes sense. Uh, he 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 does make fun of both sides, both left and right, on the uh, sort of political uh, spectrum. Obviously, leaning more towards making fun of the right, uh, which is hilarious. He hilarious. Sasha Baron Cohen offers his take on American America's patriotism is the IMDA description. Yeah, I suppose that's very fairly accurate. Uh, so he's got uh, a couple of different characters that he plays in this, similar to, uh, you know, Ali G. Borat. Uh, it's like that, just more politically based. Uh, watch this with the missus. Um, she loved it. I loved it. I think easy to give it a 5 out of 5. Uh, it's, it's just insane. Uh, I, I think of the uh, things he's done in the past, some of the most insane things happened in this, out of any of them. Just like mind-boggling things he gets these people to do oh uh and wait I, I there's one thing i wanted to say i didn't write this down but i just remembered uh i think in like every single one 
uh, of his uh, segments, just about, you will notice he has, like, in his hand, in his lap, uh, nearby, a notepad. And my theory, when I saw that, when I noticed that, uh, is that he does that so to, to, to sort of give himself an air of legitimacy. Like, uh, if you have someone sitting with you and you're talking and they have a notepad and they're occasionally taking notes, you think, oh, okay, you know, this, this is real, something's going on here. Uh, or he's glancing at it, you know, he's sort of done research beforehand, that, that sort of thing. So uh, I feel it's like a tool to, a tool in his probably vast arsenal of things to trick these uh, in ridiculous politicians. Okay, uh, moving on to Stand Up and Away with Brian Regan. Uh, Brian Regan blends his trademark observational stand-up with short sketch- sketches and a bit of audience interaction in this hybrid comedy series. Uh, yeah, that uh, some, sometimes the IMDA, not accurate, but uh, in this case it is. Uh, sort of how uh, the end of Seinfeld episodes would end with uh, Jerry doing a little stand-up. Uh, this will have uh, Brian doing stand-up, and then uh, periodically we'll, we'll go to a little sketch that has to do with what he was just talking about. Uh, smart idea, uh, executed very well, many laughs. Uh, Brian Regan, just one of the funniest stand-ups existing today so hey you got that going for you which is nice uh i think easy easy for me to give this a five out of five uh i think uh, one thing he did uh uh smart as well is uh he has like a what did they call her i think she was like a producer who we could sort of go to and chat with that was smart uh yeah very very good comedy all around there Today's book banter sponsor is Intelligence. Uh, Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, we're talking Monster Island, which is book one of the Monster Island series. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, By David Wellington. Yes. Uh, Okay, so I will say this is a trilogy. And uh, after reading the first book, I don't think I'm going to go on. In fact, I know I'm not because I already started a book uh, that uh, was not the second of the series. And and, and that's not to say that I didn't have great enjoyment of this book. Uh, For example, uh, as I mentioned that, let me go ahead and get my rating out of the way right away. Uh, Convoluted, I believe it will be a little bit. uh, Three overall with uh, lots of four moments and even some really one in particular five moment. Okay, so... Uh, this is a, a book about the zombie apocalypse, as you do. Uh, it's been done before, sure, but he had a cool twist on it, and that was the five moment uh, at the beginning. Uh, the twist was uh, there's a doctor, Dr. Gary something, uh, and he figured out that the reason uh, zombies are sort of mindless, uh, uh, well, yeah, just mindless, period, uh, is the fact that uh, between when the human dies and the zombie sort of uh, raises, let's say, uh, the brain is without oxygen. So what he did 
was in between that sort of stage, uh, between his death and when he was resurrected, he hooked himself up to some sort of device. I don't think it was as simple as just like oxygen. Uh, I, I think it was a little more, I think he like froze himself a bit. And, and there was a bunch of things he did so that his brain always had oxygen during the course of this uh, reawakening. Uh, so when he woke up, he still had his uh, personality, his human intelligence. Uh, very, very cool idea. Now I've read, uh, I can't remember what it was and there's no way in a million years I will, uh, unless someone tells me, uh, or I look back at the podcast. I suppose I could do that. I did read a book before that was, I think from the point of view of, uh, the zombie, which was interesting. Um, and if I do recall, he, the zombie itself couldn't talk or didn't sort of exhibit intelligence, but uh, we could sort of hear his thoughts uh, that were going on inside his head. I do believe that was sort of the gist of it. I don't know. That, that was a long while ago. Uh, so in this case, it was interesting to uh, jump back and forth, as we do, between uh, seeing what the zombie's thinking and his sort of motivations, and then uh, the probably what I would maybe call the main character. He had a strange name. Uh, it was like Delcab or Delclub. I don't know, it was a name I've ever heard before. His motivation was uh, he was a, a UN uh, worker of some sort. Oh, uh, like he, he went around the world trying to talk people into disarming uh, weapons stuff. Anyways, that doesn't matter. Uh, he was in Somalia at the time of the outbreak. And the interesting thing about that was uh, another, this was a cool uh, little tidbit. Uh, the countries that had the most guns. <laughs> so, like, in Somalia, apparently, it's like every single person has a gun. Uh, so, when the outbreak happened, uh, they were best prepared, I guess, is the logic that uh, uh, the author David Wellington used, which the, the, there is a logic to everything he does, which is something, as you will know, if you are a long-time listener, you weirdo, uh, something I love is uh, take a zombie book and put a shit ton of logic to explain things like this. I, I love stuff like that. Uh, I, I love logic in my fantasy. I love logic in my sci-fi. I love logic in my zombie movies. I, I think it pulls you in well. And you know what? Uh, the more I talk about this, the more I want to give this book a four. <laughs> so I'm going to. Yeah, changing ratings midstream. Uh, anyways, so he uh, has to travel from Somalia to New York. I didn't really get why he had to go that whole way. Uh, in order to get uh, HIV drugs for the, the, the leader of the Somali people um, because, you know, didn't want her to die, I guess, because she was the only thing holding it together, this sort of last bastion of humanity. So 90% uh, of the book, 99% of the book uh, takes place in New York, which is uh, always a fun place to be during a zombie outbreak uh, where he's got to try to get these drugs. Uh, and then there's the interaction between his team of uh, Somali uh, women. Yeah, that was the other interesting thing uh, that I liked was uh, uh, showing strong, uh, not only women, not only Somali women, but uh, Somali, uh, what were they? Uh, what religion is that? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, a Muslim. Yeah, they were Muslim women. So uh, a force of uh, teenage, I think, they were all very, very young. Yeah, a, a force of teenage Somali Muslim women were with him in order to sort of protect him, which was a, a cool idea and uh, very, very interesting. Um, yeah, uh, the only reason I don't think I'm going to go on is because this had a very satisfying conclusion. And... 
uh, I, I kind of don't want to, and I also saw, like, I, I peaked or started the next book and saw it was, like, with a whole different set of people, so it's sort of taking place uh, in the same world, but with different characters, so, yeah, I don't know. Oh, uh, one sort of last cool little tidbit was uh, the zombie Gary, <laughs> which I like right there, the zombie named Gary. Uh, he could also... Uh, because of the unique way he was transformed, could control other zombies. Uh, so he was basically using them to fight for him in a, in a sort of massive zombie army. Uh, very, very cool stuff. Yeah, uh, revised rating of four with some cool five out of five moments. And uh, give uh, the, the author, David, there great credit for uh, having logical explanations for the ridiculous, crazy things that happen in this. I love that. Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is Nuka-Cola Zero. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, yes, I did mention uh, some episodes ago when I talked of my initial foray into Fallout 76 that I would likely return. Uh, the way I've broken up my talk is uh, my initial talk was from uh, levels 1 to 25, uh, and now I'm going to talk at levels 25 to 50 because... Uh, to be fair, I'm like a sliver's way of XP away from 50. Uh, I, I probably would have reached it this weekend, but uh, because of D&D &D and the missus's birthday, actually. Uh, I, I had zero time to play. So uh, next weekend, I actually have a long weekend. I'll reach level 50 for sure. Uh, so, you know, there you go. Um, okay, so things that I've learned since my last talk. Uh, the first thing I wanted to say was... Uh, the build that I ended up uh, going with was uh, a melee build, which is what I started with. Uh, but then I added, or uh, and this sort of happened almost naturally, uh, and it happened in such a way that uh, as it was happening, I, I kind of remembered past Fallout 3 and uh, Fallout 76, and I think to maybe to a lesser degree Fallout 4 uh, runs, where I would do sneaky melee builds. Uh, and there's something so satisfying about, uh, that, like when I had my levels of strength, which is what helps, uh, the strength of your swinging of whatever uh, melee weapon you're going to use and, uh, agility, which helps, uh, how sneaky you are and how uh, hard it is for enemies to detect you while sneaking. Uh, when I had those up high, uh, like right now I have them both as high as they will go. Uh, it, it's, it's just crazy how you can go into like a camp of, depending on the level of the bad guys, most of the time you can just go in and sneak around and, and uh, take them, uh, take everyone out one by one. Uh, and the reason I think I find this satisfying is because normally in stealth games, and this in Fallout is, has never been a stealth game, it's just you sort of make it by doing this build. Uh, normally in stealth games, they're boring. Uh, and once you are sort of seen, it's sort of game over and you might as well restart or you're dead. Uh, but in this, uh, you have the potential to sneak around and even if you do get caught, um, 
there's still lots you can do. Like, you're still a powerful person. Uh, the other thing is, uh, you get to, like, you can run away even and, and try to rehide. Uh, there's lots of possibilities where I feel like normally in stealth games, you're caught and that's it. Uh, the other, uh, oh shit, what was I just about to say? Uh, I forgot. Okay, so let's move on to uh, your camp. Uh, yeah, uh, I love building the camp. <laughs> I liked base building in Fallout 4, and this is sort of an extension of this. Uh, the things that I learned that I would tell uh, a new player is, sure, start out just building whatever and experimenting and having fun, but uh, something I didn't realize is that uh, dotted throughout the map are... Uh, what would, we, what would you call them? Extraction uh, areas where various resources can be extracted from the land. So uh, sometimes you'll build a camp in very specific areas where you can build a uh, in a, an extractor. Uh, and I think there's like almost 20 different types. Like there's, you know, iron. Uh, no, I guess it's lead, oil, uh, gold even, uh, black, titanium. Like there's a whole bunch of them. Um, and the one you can build is dependent on where you are on the map. Uh, you could come across them naturally, but if you just Google uh, Fallout 76 resource map, uh, someone handily made one. Uh, what I chose to do, I think in the end, and I experimented with a bunch, I did concrete. Concrete, that was very helpful. Uh, I did black titanium, which if you're going to use a power armor, I think... Uh, is very helpful. I didn't use power armor for the most part because it doesn't, uh, it's hard to sneak in power armor. It sort of screws up your sneaking, so I almost never use it. Um, what was I saying? Uh, in the end, I decided to go with one that uh, gives you junk, quote unquote junk, because that way you get a little bit of everything, uh, which is cool. Uh, so, so that would be one of my camp tips. And the other one, uh, something I learned almost immediately so uh this one i had throughout is you can fast travel free to uh the the 76 uh vault vault 76 uh and your camp so you want to put them far enough apart that uh, sort of mathematically you can <laughs> uh and, and this is you, you sort of put your camp somewhere in the lower right side of the map because uh, Vault 76 is in the upper uh, left side of the map that way uh, where wherever you have to fast travel uh, you'll never be super super crazy far away because fast traveling costs caps uh, that is one gripe I have uh, against the game is uh, getting caps would be it's difficult but only because the game uh, does this thing and, and other fall games have done this too and i never understood why it's a thing it drives me insane where vendors only have uh, in this game they only have 200 caps uh that's ridiculous why couldn't they just have unlimited caps so you don't have to travel to multiple vendors uh and, and even then uh, sometimes you have to know which vendors belong to which faction because somehow some way and that's ridiculous as well how do all vendors within a faction share 200 caps across the entire map no logic to that and makes it more difficult to to sell things which is ridiculous uh a further rid ridiculousness of this game is uh the the cap 
<laughs> no pun intended there, uh, on how much you can have in your stash. Uh, they, they did up it, which uh, did help a lot from 400 to 600, and they did talk of upping it further, and I hope they do. One thing I think they should do, uh, and, and this would be, I think, an easy solution, is, well, maybe not to implement, but a, a smart solution, let's say, is uh, you can have even lower it back to 400 but allow it so that you can have infinite um junk because that's where uh the the sort of weight becomes an issue where you don't have enough room for all your junk so then you have to sell junk or make sacrifices like you, the amount of time i spent in inventories trying to figure out how to fit everything in my stash is uh, it's a not fun amount <laughs> especially with the sort of uh, the interface of fallout is is notoriously not great uh okay so the, the time already went off uh, my final sort of thoughts and i am not done with this game i'm going to continue to play i love it i'm i'm definitely giving it a five out of five uh, those grapes i bring up do not keep me away from it by any means it's just i think things that if we're implemented uh, would make for such a much better experience just in terms of allowing me to play the game that I love playing more. Uh, I, I have no idea why people hate this game so much. You know what I think uh, it might be? Uh, because I play video games while watching movies or TV and vice versa, uh, I, I think that is the way you have to play a game like this because I, I think people maybe find it boring is some of the complaints I've heard. And if 100% of your attention is on this game, maybe I could see that compared to other more story-driven fallouts, it wouldn't be as exciting. But because I'm just sort of, you know, playing, chugging along, having a great time, watching a movie, uh, it, it just so perfectly suits my play style that I could see myself playing this for years to come on and off, uh, which is really incredible especially as they i hope add more uh the other th the, the thing that scares me is because people seemingly hate this so much is that they won't uh like they said uh uh keep working on it keep adding things uh dlcs and what have you uh, i hope it has a, a resurgence like no man's sky did how uh, people hated it when it first came out but then they they sort of chugged along they, they made tweaks, they made fixes, and it uh, got a much better game, and people realized it turned into a much better game and returned to it. I hope something similar happens to this, because I, I, I am enjoying it so much, and there's so much more to do. Like, uh, I'm not even done the main storyline yet. Uh, I'm at the point where I'm about to uh, launch a nuke. Oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to say about nuke launching. Uh, I got to the point where I could have <laughs> launched one. Uh, I won't spoil anything, I'll just say that. But uh, I got there without having a code to launch it. Now, uh, you could say to yourself, okay, so you just go out, uh, you get a code, you come back, and uh, you, you launch your nuke. No, you have to do an entire, geez, half hour, hour long series of events over again in order to reach that spot, which is very frustrating. Uh, that was the other reason I, I kind of didn't mind not being able to play this weekend because that frustrated me a lot. Uh, and plus I knew uh, having a bit of a long weekend next weekend that I could devote the weekend to actually getting it done. <sighs> okay, yeah, spent way too much time on Fallout 76 talking about it and likely playing it. Hey.
internet intercourse. I like turtles. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Superb David. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, starting out with a, a sad one, which is rare. I don't normally do this, uh, but I wanted to throw out a, a little talk on Bob Einstein, who uh, you may know as Super Dave uh, Osborne. You may know as uh, Marty, was it Marty Funkhauser on Curb Your Enthusiasm? Uh, an actor, a, a comedic personality who I hope you have uh, experienced uh, in your years on this planet, but... If you have not, this is a classic sort of a pity-envy situation. I pity you because you haven't experienced his comedic genius yet. I envy you because now, for the first time, you can go down, and I recommend you do, a Bob Einstein uh, uh, rabbit hole. Just go on YouTube, type his name, watch some interviews, watch some clips, uh, watch Super Dave, watch Kirby Enthusiasm. Everything involving him is funny. He is one of the just quickest oh is oh, that's sad right there he was one of the just uh, quickest comedic personalities i have ever seen in all my many years of, of searching out funny people funny things he uh, everything he ever did was funny he he could he falls into this category which uh, i know i've brought up from time to time uh people who I could watch, uh, read the phone book. There, there's not many who fall into this category. He is one of them. He, uh, who's someone else? Uh, oh, shit, what's his name? Uh, I, uh, life finds a way. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum also. Just Bill Murray. Bill Murray. There's another one. People who could make anything interest just because of who they are. He is definitely, oh, jeez. He was definitely one of them. Uh, so, you know, uh, uh, definitely please uh, l let his comedy live on by going and experiencing it and spreading it yourself, please. And thank you. All right, uh, moving on from a funny person to another funny person, uh, Alana Pierce on F of Funhouse. Of on Funhouse, even, which doesn't make sense, but hey. Uh, yeah, so a uh, fair bit ago, and uh, I don't know why I haven't uh, brought it up yet, as I do every time I bring up Funhouse, uh, I, I like to say that. They are the only YouTube channel where I will watch, uh, I was going to say 100% of their videos, but uh, there's, there's a very few that I don't, like I don't usually watch the, uh, the movie podcast ones, but, uh, but every other one, I'll, I'll watch every video they put up because they're consistently hilarious. And uh, they recently, well not that recently, which is why this surprised me, I haven't brought it up yet, uh, recently added a new, I don't know, would you call it a cast member? A new hire? A new on uh, on air personality, sure, all of those things, uh, in the form of Elena Pierce, who came from uh, where did she come from? Uh, IGN, I think. I she's she's got a uh, online uh, video game personality uh, background. Let's just say because I don't know the specifics, uh, and I had never heard of her before until she joined Funhouse. But I got to say. Uh, actually, she, she would pop in from time to time, but now she's sort of like an official member of the team. Uh, I gotta say, so friggin' hilarious. Yeah, hilarious, nice, uh, fits right in so quickly that it's, it's scary. Her and Elise together, two of just the funniest women, uh, on the internet today. Hmm, how about that, Elena Pierce of Funhouse? 
yeah, uh, recommend Funhouse in general, obviously, as I always do. But uh, check out some of the things. Oh, she's now the trend master, which is funny, uh, and will potentially make no sense to you. But hey, that's a tease to go watch for yourself. Elena Pierce of Funhouse, I love you. Okay, uh, next have a new podcast that I started to listen to, which uh, I should say I just added uh, like three more yesterday, so those will be coming in future episodes. Uh, this one is called Fear the Boot RPG Podcast, because uh, I think you have to specify RPG podcast because they do a uh, actual play podcast uh, where they play D&D. Uh, this is behind the scenes slash talking of RPGs, uh, role-playing games, hmm, uh, like D&D, but not, necess not necessarily D&D. Uh, they sort of jump to a, a bunch of different systems and are not necessarily system-specific either in their talks. Uh, so it's a great place for ideas and to see what other things are out there. I've already gotten a few ideas from it, uh, and it's just a bunch of nerdy dudes sitting around talking about D&D, uh, uh, not necessarily, but, but things in that world, things that can help people play things that can help people run games. Uh, and it's re really just good to sort of open your brain a little bit listening to this podcast. So I'm very much enjoying it. Uh, I started from the beginning and I'm sort of working my way through. Uh, I think I got maybe 20 episodes to go until I'm caught up. So uh, I like it. Uh, last but not least, since you heard uh, we're, by the time we're out of time, uh, throw in Clear and Vivid with host Alan Alda. Uh, Alan Alda of MASH fame? Yes. Uh, yeah, he's jumping on the podcast bandwagon, as friggin' a lot of people are doing. Hmm. <sighs> but uh, his, his is interesting. Uh, it, it's all sort of resolving around uh, communication, how to communicate well with people, uh, quite often in the scientific field, but not necessarily. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good, it's interesting. He's got a, a pleasant voice, Alan Alda does, and uh, recommend checking that out. Uh, I don't know if I'll listen to every single episode, but uh, if one jumps out at you uh, of an interesting subject or guest, uh, I would definitely recommend checking it out, and then maybe you'll, uh, you know, you'll hop on the Clear and Vivid with host Alan Alda bandwagon, why don't you? Folks, maybe a little something after the credits, I'm just saying. Another thing I'd like to say at the end of every show is that it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. 
Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper Yes, as hinted, hinted before, I got a little bit of a conversation cleanup. Uh, sponsored by Steampunk Daleks. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I could not, obviously, having talked of every single Doctor Who episode of this season 12, I couldn't leave out the special, quote-unquote, uh, in the form of resolution. Now, uh, why is this not part... Why, why is this considered as special? It's because it was loosely New Year's-based? Like, I, I understand the Christmas specials, those uh, make a certain sense to me, I guess, but why, even those, why are those not part of the regular season? And is this part of season uh, uh, 11 or season 12, or, or, or what's going on here? What's going on here, man? Anyways, uh, Resolution is the title. Uh, okay, so yeah, uh, apparently a long time ago, in a land far, far away, there was a battle which uh, had an effect on present-day Earth in the form of said battle was uh, m- uh, many humans, many human tribes, many human peoples versus some crazy strong force that almost wiped them all out. Mm. Uh, but when this uh, evil was ultimately defeated, it was chopped into three parts. Those three parts were taken to uh, remote spots on the globe. And, uh, you know, that's it. The end, right? Wrong. No, rather. Uh, one of the things was unearthed. Uh, for some reason, uh, uh, it came back to life through uh, light. <laughs> I don't know. Science, I guess science slash magic hey let's just throw magic in there it's not but makes more sense uh, and, and then that sort of reformed the three parts it was pulled to it uh, and it turned into a big gooey mess oh no doctor who big gooey mess what could it be yes a slime demon no <laughs> rather a dalek yeah uh, a, a dalek from the ninth century that uh, had been sort of cut up into these three pieces, is now back, uh, and is now going to enslave humanity, and almost did. Uh, you know what? One thing I liked of this episode was uh, the the Doctor quite a few times seemed, like, legitimately, like, oh, f- fuck, <laughs> uh, which was good. Like, sometimes she's very confident, but uh, sometimes when the Daleks are involved, uh, your confidence is going to slip away a little bit, so I like that. Uh, uh, rating wise, easy for me, five out of five. I don't think I've given any episode not a five out of five. Uh, the 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 sadness of this episode is now we have to wait till friggin' twenty twenty for the next one. So, uh, I, I think this was a good one to end on though. Uh, like they didn't have. I'm trying to think back, and uh, I, I do feel like a rewatch is probably will happen. Well, it'll definitely happen at some point, but maybe even before 
the next year. Hmm, we'll see. Anyways, uh, like, was there classic, quote-unquote, Doctor Who uh, bad guys in any of uh, Jodie Whittaker's episodes? There wasn't much, anyways. There, there may have been some that I'm forgetting, but there wasn't much. So it was nice to end with a Dalek, get back to your sort of roots there a little bit, uh, in preparation for next uh, season. And I think it's going to be a, do- uh, a great one, just because uh, her first season as Doctor, I think, went incredibly well. But I also think uh, everyone's first season as Doctor is probably not going to be their best until they sort of uh, find their way, find their footing a little bit better. Uh, so, you know, it can't help but be better, I almost feel like. Yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes,